I've heard it so many times in the last like few weeks. This is why animals eat their young. So. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, if All you right. want to know why we don't eat our young, it's crazy. So the uh, your eyes are actually the same eyes that you had when you were a baby. And so that's the only thing on your body that doesn't regenerate at all. And so um, you're, you, you're basically, it's nuts. So your face, so if you ever notice the baby comes out with a pretty large head yeah. and, they're, and they're extremely freaking cute and they look like you. So back in the day, what would happen for a male is you would see the kid and you would know right away, yeah, they look like me. So they're, they're, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill this baby. I'm going to let it live. And I, and then, um, and then there's this like huge scientific, uh, it's just, it's so crazy how we are animals essentially, but, um, we evolved to, to basically when we see the baby, we don't, we want to feed it and take care of it and make sure it it grows. And then the mom, the the mom typically has a connection right away Mm. due to like dope, uh, dopamine and, uh, what's the other one? Not endorphins, but there's another drug, the love drug. I can't remember what it's called, but you get a huge it's like an overwhelming hit of this like feeling. Ecstasy. And pretty much. They it should be it should be ecstasy for sure. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, it's wild. It's just wild when I started yeah. learning this. I was like, that's so freaking crazy. But uh but yeah, so <laughs> That's insane. So when my kid comes out, big head, looks like me. Hopefully. Don't hopefully. Don't eat it. <laughs> Yeah, Don't that's, eat the baby. That's the first if, rule of dad club. Is, Don't yeah. eat your Don't kid. Eat the kid. Don't, Don't eat, eat the your kid. kid. Don't yeah. or, or take yeah. care of them. Make sure they survive. Yeah. It's very much. So anyone who's listening to this, this is the very first thing. If you get anything out of this show, today, <laughs> Don't eat Don't eat babies. your babies. Okay? Don't eat your that's young. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're off to a good start. Well, we Matt, are. I'm super, super excited to have you. So... I know that you have talked to Sean. Sean said a bunch of good stuff about you. Uh, I don't, I don't remember if you've spoken to Rena, but Rena Friedman Watts, you, you've spoken to her. Yeah, we talked. She said a bunch of great stuff about you as well. Um, and so, you've, you've got a pretty high bar, man. Like you better deliver in this episode because we'll see. I mean, we'll everybody see. We'll says see. such great things about you. I, I mean, the verdict's still out for me. I, I might, I might end up hating you after this. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Sometimes you have to have some haters, you know, so it's okay. Hey. Yeah, no, we'll 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 yeah. see. I'll I'll let you know at the end of the show how much Perfect. I like how or we hate feel you. about you. Yeah, I want to scale on a scale of one to ten. Rank me at the end. You know, uh, okay. you were a one, Matt. You were. Uh, we're not even gonna air this. We're not even. You gonna know what? The scale is gonna be a baby that I would eat or a baby that I'd take care of. Yeah, right. So at the end, we'll just say eat. Either or not. either either one would be good, you know. So. We'll yeah. see. Awesome. Well, Matt, I'm super pumped to have you on board. Uh, appreciate all, you guys all kidding, me. all kidding aside, I've heard a lot of good things about you, like I said. I was going through your LinkedIn today, and uh, you've got a you've got an interesting career path. Like, I was just kind of digging through it. Uh, you know, you, it looks like you got your an, an early start with uh, College Works, right? Yep, yep, when I was 19. Yeah, I uh, yeah did a, ran a small painting company, did about eighty grand, learned business, learned how to be an entrepreneur. Kind of is where I learned that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Essentially, so yeah, I was pretty. Young. So you, you did that, and then you're like, after about six or seven months, you're like, screw this, I'm out of here. And then you ended up boomeranging back, right? 
Yep, exactly. About four and a half, five years ago, or five years in between. And then I um, started up a marketing company um, and did well, but I blew it up. Um, so I got up to about half a million dollars. Uh, well, I dropped out of college my junior year. And I, uh, for my wife and my mom that might be listening ever, um, I did graduate. They both know that. Uh, but funny part is that didn't really do anything for my financial status by any means, but it was, it made my wife happy. Never Um, does. Never does. No, it doesn't. But, um, I, so my business collapsed about a year after I dropped out and I, uh, I put all my money into that business, um, thinking I was going to have a huge explosion and it didn't happen. And I ended up with like about 40 grand in debt. Um, and so I went into the corporate world, as you see on my LinkedIn, I switched jobs like every two to four months. And I, it was because I either got fired from it. Um, I was a great employee. I was a killer sales guy, but I would show up late, leave early, get results, but they hated that. Um, and finally I realized I'm like, probably not meant to work for someone else or work in an office. And so, um, I just, I had no money. Uh, well I had money, but I didn't have a, um, a ton of startup capital. I didn't have an idea. And I, um, I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go grow a freaking uh, painting company and, and make it as large as I possibly can. So I went back to CWP for two years in Michigan and Illinois. And then I uh, moved out to Maryland and uh, launched the, the division out here and became a part owner of the company. Um, and then I just sold that, just sold that business uh, this year. I'm still technically going to be an owner with it until October 31st, but pretty much the guy who bought me out has uh, stepped in and, and is running that business now for me. Um, and, uh, now I'm going after, um, uh, moving on to some, some coaching and speaking, which has been actually a blast. So, but that's kind of just a quick, <laughs> yeah, quick overview. That's awesome. yeah, no, that's, cool, that's man. wild. And so what, talk to me about the whole coaching and speaking thing. Cause I'm looking at, I'm looking at your LinkedIn again. Uh, it looks like we've got speaker, Matt Balducci, uh, and then you've got high performance men's coach and facilitator, for healthier, wealthier, happier man, I want I want to figure out what's what's going on with that. Talk talk to me about the speaking thing. When did that when did that first start up? Why did you start doing that? What, why do you want to do that? So when I was younger, um, you know, I've always been kind of the captain of the sports team and the motivational guy, and obviously, you know, uh, being a manager and owner and managing employees, I've always kind of had that innate ability to kind of motivate people, and it's something that's actually given me energy. Um, so when I ran my company, uh, College Works, I coached co- uh, college students basically on how to do sales and marketing. And what would actually end up happening is I'd end up really coaching them on productivity management, helping them get through school, helping them obviously make money. But realistically, it was a lot more of life skills versus um, you, obviously sales skills and marketing skills and all that as well. But um, I actually got more energy from teaching people the life skills than I did from teaching them how to go make a dollar. Um, and so... Um, my November hit last year, I was about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. Um, I was actually about 27% body fat. I played, uh, college or I, I didn't play college baseball. I'm sorry. I got injured, but I, um, won a bronze and silver medal for the USA, uh, uh, USA organization. We played in Italy and Amsterdam when I was in high school. So I was this athlete and, um, I had my first son, which we were all just joking about. And I gained about 40 pounds while my wife was pregnant. I did the whole exact cliche that you're not supposed to do. I am uh, there right now. <laughs> not to cut you off. It's okay. I'm feeling that right now. I probably put it on about ten pounds in the past Dude. couple of weeks. Is your wife Terrible. pregnant? Is your wife pregnant, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. It is officially out it's on official, this uh, episode. 
Yeah. There we go. Matt, there you, need, go. you need to feel pretty special. I was wondering yeah. when we we're going to let this cat out of the bag. It happened. Yeah. All right, yeah. I, I got I to mute myself for a little bit. There's a janitor that's vacuuming literally right next to me. So, Sean, I'm going to let you take over the questions for a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Perfect. That was good, man. Sorry now to cut you off. It's okay. No, no. It's okay. We got three three dads here, man. I love right. it. Three right. young, good-looking good fathers. Um, go. And uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm still trying to figure out if I think Greg's good-looking, but we'll see. You know, just like he's figuring out if he likes me or not. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but long story short, I, um, you know, I got out of shape, and my business was growing. I was making money, I was, and I became literally the cliche of the guy – it's not like I was a millionaire by any means, but I was making a, a solid six-figure income, at, you know, in my in my 20s all the way until I hit, I just turned 30, and I was the cliche, you know, I was making money, um, bills were paid, and I was out of shape, wasn't happy. I was watching three-hour Cubs games every night. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan, but I was wasting my days, um, and I, um, you know, was slightly mentally burnt out from building my company to a degree. Um, to be yep. very open with everyone out there. Um, and the crazy part was, is I was only working like 30 hours a week. So I shouldn't have been burnt out, but it was the trickle effect from, you know, for the first two years of uh, really putting a hundred hours, giving up nights and weekends and, and which is fine to do. Um, and I looked in the mirror, my son, I looked at my son, he was six months rolling around. I was sitting there, you know, fat, fat as can be. And, um, I'm just like, I am not being the example for my son that I should be. Um, and that, that first hit. So then I was like, all right, screw it, Matt. You're going to get back in the shape, which I've done a hundred times, you know, just like every, every guy out there, right. The, the cycle and, um, shapeshifters like me, I'm definitely a shapeshifter, man. Like 100, 100%. Oh my God. It's like, get fat, get skinny, get fat, get skinny. Oh my God. Yeah. And so there's like pictures every other, every two years, there's like a picture of me in shape. One picture of me with a, with a double, a double chin. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh God. It gets crazy. But so long story short, I get I start this journey of getting into shape, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I knew myself. I started reading a ton of books again and studying health and getting learning about health optimization like crazy. And I'm like, wait a second, I can increase my longevity. Not only that, I can become, I can change my entire identity of how I view myself physically. So then I'm like, screw it, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. And so I start telling everyone. I start telling everyone, I'm like, I'm going to do a fitness show. Now, this again, by the way, was when I was like 20% body fat. No way I looked like it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, it was bad. And so I um, so I get back into shape. I get my body fat down to 9%. Um, and um, I'm in Thanksgiving in, the, the, uh, in November, and my aunt comes to me and goes, Matt, whatever happened to you becoming a motivational speaker? And again, I've been talking about it for my whole life. Like I'm going to become a speaker. I started making every excuse everyone always makes. I don't know how, I don't know how to get into, how to get it, you know, become a speaker, um, blah, blah, blah. The question she asked me wouldn't leave my damn head for the next two weeks. And finally I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Let's create a YouTube channel. And so I started investing in uh, making videos just for myself, not for anyone. Well, obviously for people to learn from it and all that, but really it was to give myself energy and make me excited again about, you know, what I was doing. Plus yeah. I was back in the shape. So that trickled in all of a sudden I put out millions of content all over all my social media pages and I started getting phone calls and um, they were like, Matt, I didn't know you did business coaching or business consulting. I was like, fuck, neither did I. So um, <laughs> they're like, what do you charge? I'm like, I have no idea. And um, yeah. so, I got, so I generated a couple of clients that way and I'm like, wait a second. 
I can make money coaching people. So um, that sounds cool. So I started doing that on the side, and then eventually it hit me. I, I did promise my wife, you guys will like this since you're married. I said my wife made me promise I wouldn't sell my business for two years. And all of a sudden, March rolled around. I'm like, babe, I walked in. I'm like, I, I'm selling. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, awesome. And, oh, uh, man. and she's like, great timing, Matt. We have a baby on the way in October. And, um, you know, she's like, so you're going to sell it and take away, you know, the security, which business is never secure, even, but it is technically because the business has grown and producing income and, and whatnot. But I'm like, I just got to do something different. And so long story short, I, I uh, started jumping into it and learning, learning, this, learning the business just like I did when I started my other businesses. And um, it's been a blast. Now, I've went through a couple transitions already in a short period since March. Yeah. I was a, I'm a, technically, if anybody's listening, I can obviously, I can help people grow their businesses. I know how to uh, recruit sales, build a company that, but I realized that that's not who I am as a person and yeah. um, who I really want to be, which is, which is uh, where I'm building out the, the healthier, wealthier, um, happier man program, which is uh, 12, 12 men. And I realized that, you know, I just turned 30 and you guys may relate to this or may not, but what I realized was that a lot of guys out there, um, when they hit in their 30s, 30 to 40 years old is not talked about much, right? The 20-year-olds get a lot of hype, right? You know, work hard when you're 20. 40, 50-year-olds get a lot of hype because they're like, hey, you're not too old. You can do great things. But that middle part, everyone kind of almost like forgets about because it's just part of life. And so as we're all seeing as we're talking, you go through life. You go to college. After college, you get your first job. Um, then along the way, you meet the girl you're probably going to marry. And yep. you get married. You have kids. And then along the way, you lose all your buddies from college or not lose them all, but you don't see them as often as you used to. You're not a part of sports league or um, you're not part of your sports teams anymore. And you get bogged down with with time. And I'm like and then people get out of shape. Um, they're not they kind of get lost in their job. They just kind of take whatever they can get. And um, they're not as happy. You know, they're kind of you see I see it all the time in all my buddies that I hang out with. I just see it in their eyes and and. And honestly, I was that guy. So yeah. I was like, well, I want to create a freaking business where I can help men specifically um, get healthier, wealthier, happier, and be more productive in their life and basically use science and proven systems and, and bring a group together to have a group program, but also have some individual coaching if, if, they, want it, if they want it and then get together. Um, at, it's a 90-day program and basically get together at the end and do a really cool retreat and go that path. But I know I just kind of spitfired a million things out at you guys, but <laughs> no, that was perfect. That, you spoke over great. the entire vacuuming experience that we got going in the background. Yeah, so that was perfect. perfect. But, um, yeah, so luckily for you, Matt, I mean, Greg and I were kind of connoisseurs in what, you know, speakers and life coaches should be, right? So there are a couple of things that we have to make sure that you're prepared for. Okay, so I'm going to call this our life coaching checklist. Perfect. Okay. I'm excited oh. about this. I'm excited about this. So the very first thing that you have to do, you have to quote yourself all the time. So be prepared to do that. Okay, take like a like, nice little motivational picture. Right, you know how Gary Vee does it? Mm -hmm. That. People love it. Okay, everyone loves it. Okay. You have to make those memes at least twice a week if you want to be anybody who's doing this right and the last thing i'm there's a lot more but i don't want to go through the whole thing okay 
video montages of yourself doing <laughs> random around the house activities. They're a must. Running right? so videos. Running videos. Running videos. Maybe you vacuuming, like holding the cat. Like the running baby. while vacuuming. Right. And holding oh, yeah. the cat and the baby. Right? So you could do something like that. But those three things, dude, you have to do them. All right, that's how you get your clients. Sounds like a plan. Anything else, Greg? Am I missing anything? No, that's literally all you have to do to become a motivational speaker. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But so first question, though, is did you say you have a baby on the way in October? I have an 18-month-old at home, a 19-month-old boy, and a baby girl uh, coming up, actually. I say October, but it's in freaking eight weeks. So October what? Uh, fifth is the due date, but you know we'll see when it's. Right. Uh, My sister's yeah. birthday is October fifth. I'm October eighth. So nice. I'm, I'm October twenty second. There so you go. All of us are Jeez. Libras. Bunch of Libras. Libras. Awesome. So Yo, you Libras. So talk to me about this this whole speaker gig thing. So you, it says at least on LinkedIn, December twenty seventeen, uh, and you've been doing that for a while now. How do you how do you go from I mean, you said you started posting a crap ton of stuff on YouTube, but I know that there's a lot of people in, especially on LinkedIn, that they want to start speaking. That Maybe they want to do like a TEDx thing or they want to be on a LinkedIn local panel, which I mean, that's the LinkedIn local panel is kind of a, a, an easy barrier of entry. Uh, but how do you go from literally nobody knows who the heck I am to people reaching out to you for these speaking gigs yeah so there's a couple things so like i said when my aunt said hey matt i started making the excuses just like everyone i don't know how so i started doing research on how do you break in and i I actually had a couple buddies who do speaking so i called them up they gave me some really good tips um and long story short um when i started posting all these videos what ended up happening was people started reaching out to me just saying, hey, Matt, you know, what are your topics? And honestly, I, again, similar to the business consulting stuff, I was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to motivate people. And they're like, uh, one of my buddies gave me a huge tip. So if you look, notice on my LinkedIn, I removed motivational. So I had motivational speaker on there. I removed that and just put speaker. And what he told me was that in our world today, people don't hire motivational speakers anymore. So they're just not re- they're not relevant because – what, and this is the truth is that if you need motivation, that usually is a person who's broke and that's not a mean thing, but they can't afford to go to an event. So, um, so people don't market that anymore. They want someone who's a tangible speaker that can provide. Then he gave me second tip. He said, listen, you have two options as a speaker. Option one is you just go get paid as a speaker and you don't really sell anything. You're a speaker author. That's it. Okay. Or you, you go on stages, you don't, you don't necessarily get paid, but you go on stages and you, you train, you coach, or do whatever, but then at the end, you throw an offer out there for the room, and that's how you generate your business that way. And so I'm still in the process of figuring out which path I'm going to take, uh, but I started doing some, uh, some pro bono speaking gigs as well, which is probably my first tip out there to people is try to get in front of as many rooms as you can. My next uh, thing I'm doing is I'm putting together a speaker reel, which I don't have yet. I have some videos, but they're kind of crappily put together. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna make speaker real now. I do have a. T- I'm gonna be doing a TEDx talk um, sometime in the fall, early January. I'm waiting for the date and awesome. location, um, and that should help. But when someone's out there like I want to do a TEDx talk, there's a there's a. So I actually hired a company 
to basically help land me a TEDx talk. You know, now again, there is a cost to it, but basically I've realized that, and I, this is the first time I told anybody that other than a couple of buddies of mine. Um, and, um, the reason is, is that at the end of the day, I hired a company to basically go out there and make, make, help me put together my, my portfolio, if you will. So when it, when it goes out to the TEDx, um, people, they, they, it's not just me randomly sending it out and I, you know, I'm a 30 year old dude who's done pretty well for himself, but you know, I, I personally don't know how to, what the TEDx algorithm is or how to get on a stage, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I, um, so that's what I did. And, and, um, the cool part is, is that'll, that'll help hopefully help propel me, uh, forward and, we're going to, um, so I'm going to either do one of two topics for that. I'm going to do no, um, that there's no excuses. So basically the psychology of excuses, why do we make them? How do you remove them? How do you set yourself up to, to succeed? Or I'm going to be talking about how to stop your midlife crisis basically from happening. So basically, um, you know, 30, 40 year old man, how do you remove the, when you hit 45, 50 that you need to go buy a new car and you know, all that shit and you actually enjoy your <laughs> life, you know? So um, and it, it's, um, yeah, so I'm going to do one of those talks and, uh, it's going to be a blast and hopefully that'll trickle into some paid speaking gigs. But while, while it's in the meantime, you know, anybody that's listening and wants to be a speaker, shoot, I'm not the expert on it, right? I just started, but I will tell you, you need a speaker reel some, some way. So that means you need to go do free speaking gigs and have someone record it for you. And it doesn't yep. need to, it doesn't need to be anything nuts. You can just do clips, you know, and then. Um, and then second thing is, is spend time, uh, which I just started doing is re- looking for your, um, your target avatar. Who is the people that you actually want to talk to just like a business? Who's your product? What's your product? You are your speech or whatever you're uh, talking about. And then go look for conferences and different events that you can send a message to. And, and either, um, and a lot of times they, people are looking for speakers. You get in and you go do a couple pay, uh, free ones, someone sees you in the audience, and then you start a business that way. You know, And you charge X amount to start, and then as you get better and people see more speeches, just like a company, you become in more demand, you, you charge more money. Um, yeah. you know, or you can, um, there's also the options to pay to play too. You, know, you, can, you can pay 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks to go stand on a stage and do a speech at different things as well, and it depends on where you're financially at. But, uh, but it's... It, you know, it there is a barrier of entry, and it's really just um, taking time out of your day every day to to reach out and see who you can get. Um, and that's what I've been doing with podcasting. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm already um, I'm scheduled to be on 30 podcasts throughout the next six months. And um, the reason is is I'm doing exactly how I reached out to you guys. Is I'm network. I got a, I, I hired a company to hire uh, set me up for 15 podcasts, and from those 15 podcasts. I just ask every single person at the back end of the podcast, I say, who else do you know that would want a guest like me on your show, on their show? And I get at least one or two podcast referrals from everyone. And then it's just this huge web. And my whole goal is just to be on the internet. I want, you know, when someone Googles my name, I want them to be able to see this episode, that episode, this, this right here. And then uh, all of a sudden I become more relevant. Then they go to my YouTube channel and I have professionally made videos they're like, boom, I'm relevant. Then they go see my speaker reel. And they're like, dude, this dude's legit. I want him to come in. I want to give him 5, 10, 15 grand or whatever it'll end up being um, to speak on these stages. And, and then I get to do what I love, which is go put my heart and soul and teach somebody how to health optimize, how to uh, be more productive, how to end up being happier, how to um, you know, grow their business, whatever the to- um, topic is. But that would be some tips if, if anybody out there is listening for speaking for speaking. And again, I'm not an expert. So, you know, these are just right. things I've, these are just things I've learned over the last six months of, of, you know, researching and meeting people and networking to try to try to break into this damn speaking world that, 
you know, and, I, and again, I guess one of the reasons I'm doing it is I, I went to a conference um, in January for this thing and there was a guy on stage and I'm like, if that guy can freaking be a speaker, like <laughs> anybody can, you know, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. so, and, and those are the best ones where it built my confidence. Even though I already was very confident, I'm like, dude, how the hell did he get on that stage? I can easily get it. I just need to figure out how to freaking. How to just do like, it. That's the hardest yeah. part, man. Yeah. Just going, going ahead and doing it. It's mm-hmm. funny. It's funny you mentioned uh, midlife crisis, and as you're talking, I'm laughing at myself. And everything that you're saying, I'm like, oh, shit. Did I have a midlife crisis? I just went out, bought myself a car, cut like maybe last piece of a sports car. I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe I need to be on the uh, Matt Balducci uh, <laughs> train over here. Uh, it's awesome. It's I just, it's funny because it hit me because I think I had, I honestly believe I had a mid, I, I hate to say it, but I honestly believe I had a midlife crisis when I was 29. And yeah. I think that, um, so I, I have a ton of buddies are in our age bracket, 30 to 40. And I'll tell you right now, most of them, most of them, not in a mean way, but most of them are very unhappy. Um, they're just kind of going through the motions. They're not happy at their jobs. And a lot of times they're slightly out of shape, you know, a lot, most of them are, you know, and they have that little pooch and they're just like, yeah, I'm just, and then they're going to go and become 40, 50. And then they're just going to become an old man and sit there and be like, what the fuck happened in my life? You know? And I'm like, no, let's fix it now, create the momentum. And basically you don't have a midlife crisis. And when you're 40, 50, you're fucking this fucking thriving man that is killing life, you know? Hey, what's up, everybody? I wanted to take a quick minute just to let you know that one of the things that we do here at Next Level People is we support our friends rigorously. And so I'm just taking a quick minute to talk to some of the guys out there. Matt Balducci, he's going to talk about it a little bit more in depth later on in the episode. But he is creating a community specifically for high-performance men out there it's something that if you are a high performance male maybe you've gotten unhealthy you're wearing too many hats and you just don't know how to get to the next level well our buddy matt balducci is creating a 90 day community commitment thing that i want you to go check out if you think that's something for you go to mattbalducci.com and check it out now let's get back to the episode. So right now, right now, right? So we're yeah. going to talk about this and I kind of felt like I'm very, I'm in a similar spot right now. So like for me, go, getting up and going to the gym, I used to be able to wake up and just go and do whatever the hell I need to do. I did P90X, I did Insanity, lost like 40 pounds doing that like three years, four or five years ago. And I want to get back to that same mental state I was in, right? I want to be able to kind of just push play and do it. But something is just telling me like, Fucking couch, those Doritos, those Sun Chips are much better for me at this time right now. How do I overcome that? How do I? How do you get me into the gym? I need to do it. So there's a couple of ways. Um, and and again, I'm doing it. I again, I had to do that. I was. Tw- I, I wish I could flash a freaking fat picture of me, right? Uh, yeah. I was. I looked at it. I'm like, how the hell did I get there? And and I remember it was April. I was in a business conference with my business partner, and I was eating my third donut. And my uh, business, oh yeah, and my th- uh, d- uh, business partner comes over and he goes, Matt, are you sh- are you sure? And I go, are, am I sure what? He goes, are you sure you want to eat that third donut? And it hit me. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm eating a third donut. I didn't even realize it. Um, so there's a three ways to get yourself back going to the gym. Um, 
So the first one is you honestly have to sit down and figure out why the fuck you want to. Like you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah like do you, do you even get care? You know. And um, the second thing is you need to structure out your life, and it needs to be a priority. So what I do is I actually set up my day to where I go to the gym right after I drop my son off at daycare. And from 7.30 to 8.30, so for instance, today I had to change because I had a meeting at 7.30, going to the gym right after this. That's why I had told you when I text, messaged you, I said I have to be done by 10.30. And, the, and I'm so, like, there's my number one priority is hitting the gym. Now, that's me. So for anyone out there that's listening that's like, listen, Matt, I get it. Get motivated. No, don't get fucking motivated. It's bullshit as fuck, right? It's figure out, number one, what do you really want? You don't need to go be a bodybuilder like me, right? You just need to stay healthy. So I started doing a lot of research on how our brains work and why we stop habits. So there's a, a cue, routine, and a reward. You guys probably maybe read the book Power of Habit. So cue, routine, reward. So what's happening is you're in a cycle right now that sucks, and our brains are they're, they they want us. They want they actually want to get smaller. They want to not be used. So if you ever notice, you hop in your car, you drive to work. If you have a normal work, and you're like, how the hell did I get to my job, right? And the reason that you, you have that is your brain turned off. Literally, your fucking brain turned off on you because it didn't need to think. So the same thing's happening in your life right now where I would get home at night and I knew there was a Cubs game on and I had the decision to make. Do I watch the Cubs game? Do I eat, you know, or do I eat some ice cream tonight? And I got in this crazy habit loop of it was just like, all right, I got home. So I created a whole nother habit loop. So the habit loop was sun gets dropped off. I go to the gym. Now, what's a lot of people are like, well, I get it, Matt. You okay, you dropped your son off. Doesn't mean you need to wake up at fucking 5 a.m. I I hate when people tell people that. It's like, yeah, I wake uh, up it's early. So stupid. Oh, Shut it's up. like Shut yeah. up, guys. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> like no one like, yeah, like the only key to life is waking up at fucking five o'clock in the morning. Just get out of here. No, so it's fucking stupid. So the reason I say it's dumb is so I do wake up at five a.m. Only reason is I have kids. Right, that's the only reason. If I didn't have kids, right, and my son didn't wake up at five fifty every fucking morning, and I wouldn't wake up at five o'clock. So, um, so what I tell people is actually what you should do is figure it out. Take the time you start your day. So let's say you start work at nine, typical start time, right? You start at nine, backtrack it by two hours, and there's your wake up time, seven a.m. Most people can wake up by seven a.m. and be happy. The other thing is I started studying sleep how sleep affects us. And I used to be the guy who would stay up until 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and then I would wake up at, you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock and run to, run to my first meeting of the day and be disheveled and tired. So I started studying how the brain functions for sleep. So if anybody's out there, especially guys, from 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is the best four hours you can get. Here's why. It actually increases your HGH level. As soon as I read that, obviously I'm becoming a bodybuilder. As soon as I read that, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to bed by 9.30 every night. HGH is the human growth hormone, right? Yeah, yep. human growth there hormone, you and, it, you, and it's natural. So it actually increase, and you lose body fat while you're sleeping in that four hours. And I would go to bed every night at like one a.m. So I missed out on all the benefits of that. And um, and then here's the crazy part. I just read this in the hmm. Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. She um, she said that I didn't even know this, and I was always wondering. So when you hit the snooze button, right, in the morning, and you fall back asleep, nothing wrong. I, I'm going to be the guy to say, hey, listen, nothing wrong with it, but. I'll tell you the psychology and why that why it sucks. So once you hit the snooze button, you go back to sleep and your iPhone wakes you up nine minutes later or whatever it is that you, you use your alarm, your brain actually associates you falling asleep with, I'm going into another sleep cycle. Okay. And then when you wake up, that's why you're draggy and it takes you three hours to get out of that out of that dragginess. 
that's why like you hear all the time like oh it's morning i need my coffee so what i started doing and this is why i'm telling all this is this is for people out there if you're like me i looked at the science behind everything and i go screw the i need to wake i need to not hit the snooze button because i um, don't because i'm motivated right forget that it's no, don't hit the snooze button because as soon as you hit the snooze button, you go back to sleep, your brain turns on and says, hey, you need another hour and a half of sleep, and you wake up 10 minutes later, your brain's still sleeping, so you actually are less effective in the morning. So stop huh. fucking hitting the snooze button because you're, <laughs> at, you're actually hurting yourself long over time. And, I, and then the same thing with sleep. I used to go to bed late. I'm like, well, if I could get the most bang for my buck going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, then I'm going to do that. Now, Going to, to answer your original question, which is how do I get to the gym, it's all a cue uh, routine. So again, I'm going to be very self-helpy here for a second. You've probably heard this a million times. Set yourself up with cues, like stupid things, literally dumb shit, like put your clothes, your workout clothes next to your bed, right? And people say it all the time, but it's so damn true. Um, yep. Go to the gym every day at the same time. If you can, go to the gym in the morning, and here's why. If you go at night, Right. If you go after work, the chances of you going are very slim. Why do I know that? Because I used to go to the gym at night and you get home, you sit down on the couch or better yet, if you have to do it at night, go directly yeah. there. But but as you guys know, as dads, that's hard because your kids are home, like your, your kids are back from daycare or whatever. And you want to spend time with them before they go to sleep. By the time they go to bed at seven, eight o'clock or whatever they are, you're exhausted or you want to sit there and watch a fucking TV show. Great. Yeah. So do it in the morning. And again, because of science, knowing that you have only so much brain power that can actually help at night, you're going to be exhausted. You're not going to be able to make the right decisions. So the right, and in the morning, the first three hours of your day are actually the most beneficial time. That's when your brain's at full capacity. That's when you're going to get the most done as long as you don't hit the snooze button. And when you wake up and you go in that path, um, then you go to the gym, you get some movement, and now you're going to get the benefits of that movement for the whole day. So again, I just started looking at all the science behind all these damn things that I was, because I was, I was the big self-development guy. I would read all these books, and I'm like, that's all great. Wake up. I get it. But I was like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I started why learning though? how, yeah, like, why the fuck? Okay, why should I wake up at 5 a.m. when I can snooze in my nice warm bed? And, and I was like, that's why. That makes so much more fucking sense. And I started looking right. at how do the human, how do the human, uh, how do we work? And so... As you start doing this, then you're going to get more optimized health-wise, which then in turn is going to make you more confident. And so to be very transparent, the reason that I was even thought to become a speaker again was because I got back in the shape. If I was still fat Matt, I would 100%, right? I would 100% not want to be a speaker because I'm like, how the hell am I going to get on stage and people are going to listen to the guy who's like 27% body fat, teach him how to be motivated doesn't fucking make right. any sense. So, um, <laughs> so, so it all kind of trickled into one huge effect of that. So people out there that just need to get back in the shape, one, hire somebody to fucking hold you accountable. I don't care if it's, it's a, a personal trainer for a hundred bucks a month, like get somebody that makes you go to the gym, figure out why you want to go and then create a habit loop and si literally look at it like that, like a fucking science experiment, habit loop, cue, routine, reward. What's your cue to go to the gym? Oh, shit, there's my clothes next to my bed. I need to put them on. Routine, I go to the gym and I do my workout. Reward, I look in the mirror and feel fucking amazing and I walk into work and I look like a jack motherfucker, right? And so, and people look up to me. They respect me. I get more influence. I make more money because people who look better and feel better make more money. So, 
it kind of all trickles in um, to that. So I don't know if that helps yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, you're not, not sound like a total creeper, but I'm going to sound like a total freaking creeper right now. So I'm going to embarrass the shit out of Greg. Look at his face. He's like, what is this guy going to talk about? Um, I saw one of the videos that you posted, Matt. I think it was you talking somewhere. But you had this white shirt on. All right? Am I right? You had this really this white shirt on. Your freaking your arms were like the size of like fucking a Volkswagen, dude. Like, what are you doing to get like to that point? Like, what's your routine? Are you doing more cardio? Are you doing more weightlifting? Like, what is it? Yeah. So I I am so I'm doing a fitness show. So every time I tell someone that I go, listen, I am not on your standard. Here, I'll show you guys. Here's my meal that I just ate. So I'm on 95 days right now of purely being over the top. I can't eat out at restaurants. I can't. My wife hates it. She's the best cook you'll ever see in the world. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I drove to the store. She's pregnant. I drove to the store, got her ice cream. I can't yeah. have any. I can't have any of that ice cream. Um, <sighs> and um, That's so, no way to live life, though. That sucks. <laughs> here, that blows. Here's the here's the reason. Though. Here's the reason. I'm not gonna live like this forever. Okay, but it's for a fitness show, and here's why. Like I said, Fat Matt, when I was in fifth and sixth grade, I joke about that, but I didn't get made fun of or anything. I was an athlete and all that, but I did have a couple buddies that were like, they would make jokes every now and then like, hey, Fat Matt, right? And it was for two years. That stupid identity stuck in my head, and um, that's why I had the yo-yo effect for my whole life of being in shape, out of shape. Even when I was in shape, I still thought I, like, I still had this, like, self, uh, weird, like, body image issue. And, um, And so why I'm doing this fitness show is not so I can stand on stage and and look yoked it's because i need to ch- i need to be do this long enough to where i can deplete my whole entire body of fat and so what i do to do it is i have a meal plan which you don't have to be as extreme as i do you can just you just need to honestly again back to efficiency it's funny how all this actually trickles in efficiency when you prep your meals even if it's not as healthy as i do you actually make your meals and you bring them with you for breakfast lunch dinner or whatever you're actually going to save mental energy of having to make a decision on where do I eat. And a lot of times when you're in the middle of the day and it's, it's uh, busy, um, you're going to go to Burger King. You're going to go to McDonald's, right? Um, yeah. You're going to go do that. So that's first one. So you have to have a nutritional plan. If you don't, I don't care how hard you go to the gym and work out. You're going to look like that. I don't know if you guys ever seen the guy who – and it was me. I was still muscular, but I was fat above it, and I still had I can still lift a lot of weight, but I was out You're of shape. You're talking to him right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the gym, and like my issue is like I'll lift, and I can lift heavy, but when I do, I end up I don't do enough cardio, and I end up looking like freaking Bane from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my my natural body type. Yeah. Like a bulk, like a like one of those gym bros. I look like a moron. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But the, um, so here's the, here's where the key, key component comes in is, is gut health. Mm-hmm. So it's this huge topic these days, um, that I didn't know about. I wish I would have known about this fucking 10 years ago, but I didn't. My parents knew nothing about nutrition. I knew nothing about the human body. And I re- I used to, my dad is a big bulky man. If you see his fingers, they're like these massive sausage fingers. I have a twin brother and he got my dad. I were fraternal. He got my dad's genetics. So he has these massive fucking sausage fingers. I have my mom's fucking bone structure. And I was always trying to be my dad, trying to be this big, bulky-ass man. In reality, I'm actually not. So I would, I would, I would gain all this weight. And when I hit 200, I, was, I remember I was like in high school, I was like 190. And I was a big boy in a good way. I was a linebacker, yeah. a pitcher, yeah. an athlete. And, um, but I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be like 220 because you know, that's what my dad does or was. Now he's you know, bigger than that. But I, um, 
I realized I'm like, wait, no, actually I'm supposed to be really about 185, 190. And, um, and that's my, you know, natural weight. So, uh, for anybody out there that's listening, realistically, it's first and foremost, it's nutrition. Then it's understanding gut health. Then it is sleep. If you don't sleep, you're actually going to, you're, you're never going to lose weight. And it's, um, it's understanding that your microbiome in your stomach is sometimes off. Sometimes you, you've eaten so unhealthy or you've lived a really shitty lifestyle for so long that your stomach has actually adapted to that. And, um, and you start eating healthy again, it takes a little bit of time for it to recalibrate. And it's like you're cleaning out, it's, I hate to use this analogy, but it's like you're gentrifying an area, you're making it nice again. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> you're, you're gentrifying your stomach and you're basically saying, hey, shitty people, get the hell out of my stomach and let's get the, yeah. nice, pe- let's get the nice people in. And then what naturally happens is everything starts working better. Your skin looks better, your, your, my hair, by the way, I was balding. Everyone was saying, Matt, you're going to bald. And I was like, I guess I'm going to be a bald man. And my hair started growing back by getting healthy again. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so so it's just a, um, you know, and again, I'm not a nutritionist or a personal trainer. So, you know, go hire those people if you want them. But I just have done a year's worth of massive amounts of studying on this stuff because, again, I wanted to optimize my, I want to live fucking super long. And that was the goal of it is longevity. And I was like, how do I how do I build, you know, get that point? And, and what I realized about health, as you guys know, is when you're, when you're healthier, you just do better. Everything's mm-hmm. better. Your relationships with your wife's better. Your kids, you, you're more yeah. energized. You make much more happier. Fucking, yeah. And that, and that's the whole point of the healthier, wealthier, happy man, right? It just fucking trickles the health. That's why health is first, wealth is second, yeah. and then happy is third, you know? So let, let me ask you, can, do, I, do I, can I have permission, have permission to ask you a little bit deeper of a question? Sure. Okay, cool. Because this is something that I am wrestling around with just on my kind of worldview as to why certain people do certain things, either good or bad or whatever. One of the things that you uh, were talking about is you had this false identity, this false self, which is Fat Matt. Uh, And to prove against that, you're going almost the extreme opposite end, which is doing the bodybuilding. You're doing the NPC stuff, like all that stuff was the building up businesses was that part of that was that trying to prove something else wrong yeah so actually really good question never been asked that um and now that you ask it i guess the answer is probably so where i grew up i grew up uh, right above the poverty line my dad doesn't make a lot of money and um and my when i grew up my dad would always i remember these moments he would say hey i remember and this was when i was little he'd be like yeah, these guys came to me, Matt, and they said, "Hey, do you want to buy into this building?" And my and he said, "My my my mom, who's both of them are great parents." She, he's like, "Yeah, my mom, my, your mom wouldn't let me take the risk." And he would say this constantly about different business opportunities and different things that he never did. And I and I look at my dad, who's probably the most positive human being you'll ever meet, but he's very very tired. He's a he's a mechanic, yeah. and um yeah. and I think that slightly probably subconsciously. I went after business and money in a bad way. Um, when anytime I chased money, didn't, the right things never happened. But, um, but I probably went after trying to become wealthy as fast as possible because I never wanted to live that way. And I probably took some crazy risks in my life that mm-hmm. probably they were they obviously worked out. But there's probably been a couple times where I 100% created my own failures, and that was because I looked at it and I go. My dad wouldn't do that. My dad didn't get to do this because he was maybe not whatever. Maybe he was kind of a you know 
I'm not going to use any terms cause I love my dad, but he, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take this risk and I'm going to try to build it. But that's actually a really good point, Greg. I never even thought of it that way, but I'm sure that's why I'm trying to, trying to become, you know, extremely wealthy is to prove the world wrong that I'm not that I'm not that kid from where I grew up. You know, yeah. it's probably, probably the truth. Yeah, no, it's, so. a, it's an interesting concept. And sometimes like if you ever want to geek out about this stuff, uh, the concept of gods versus contra gods, I mean, f- hmm. from the beginning of time, there have been the idea of a god or polytheism, which is multiple gods. And the, really the definition of God is a person or a thing that sets a standard that you compare yourself to. And so some people, they, they compare themselves either to uh, somebody that's like way up high, like a, like a Jeff Bezos. And they're like, I want to be that guy. I'm going to do everything I can to mimic that guy. That's their standard. That is their God. Okay, and then there's other people, the contra gods, like in uh, Hinduism, where there's like, or even Greek mythology and all that stuff, where there's like Hades, and there's the like evil gods or whatever, and those are the people that, maybe not your dad, um, but he's, uh, in this case, it could be like he's a contra god where like he didn't take these risks, I don't want to do that, and so that's your standard of what you don't want to do, so you're setting that as... uh, almost as a god it's a really super crazy interesting psychological thing that i could geek out about really and it's the reason that's some, that's some pretty deep shit right there guys. i love it super, i love it that is super fun <laughs> um, shit, that's good that's good stuff it makes sense if you think about it it like, is and it's but it's like it's deeply rooted i i don't know if it's like a dna thing or what but humans hmm. from the very beginning have always had this idea of comparison and standard setting and you you even do it like among peers too like how am i doing based off of this person and it, it's just it's a really interesting concept uh and the the idea of uh true self versus false self is something that i'm like right now wrestling with like how do we figure out one necessarily that we even have a false self because that's been our fat Matt was your identity. That's just who I am. And then now you're figuring out, okay, that was, that's not true. I'm not, I am not fat Matt. I might have been fat at one point, but that's not who I am. Uh, and so Mm. you're, you're destroying that lie with something else. And in that wrestling of trying to find the truth, it's very, it's a very interesting thing. And it's something that, I don't know, maybe, maybe you dig into for, uh, this healthier, wealthier, happier man thing. And this motivational speaker, not motivational speaker, but it's just an interesting concept to try and break the perception of who my childhood says I am versus who I actually am. And even figuring out where do I get that identity from? Who says I have value? It's interesting. Honestly, yeah. dude, that's that's awesome. I'm a huge like so. I'll kind of give you a little bit of the science behind what you're talking about. Um, is the brain has neuroplasticity. So mm-hmm. essentially, what that means, you probably you guys probably heard that term or studied it. And I can geek out about this stuff all day because it it, it it's, yes, I've definitely heard that term and I study it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Sean's like fuck you, Matt. Um, <laughs> but, um, so here's so here's a good book for anybody who is interested. It's called Incognito. I forget the author's name, but it talks about or um, why the why our brain. I forget how our brain works. It's, I think it's what it's titled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically talks about how you can actually change exactly what you're talking about. 
So it's all these preconceived things that have happened from where you were born, from your zip code, mm-hmm. to your parents, to your peer group when you grew up, to who you hang out with. Obviously, the whole stupid self, again, the self-helpy, the, fi- the average of the five people you hang out with. It's because of what you just said is you compare yourself to everyone. So if you're hanging out with them, you eventually have to become at least the average because for whatever reason, we live in the weirdest world where if you were a, a, you were making $10 million, right, um, and I was making $50,000 a year, we would both look at it, even if we were best friends for our whole life, we would look at each other way different over something stupid that is, doesn't actually make any relevant right. sense. Yeah. Or, for instance, this sounds crazy, but me getting back in the shape, um, luckily, I don't. it's not like I hung out with a ton of overweight people. I didn't, but um, I definitely would say that if I were to go sit down next to an overweight person, for whatever reason, they would essentially right away think I was judging them, even though I'm not. And I can right. care less what I can literally care less if they what they're eating because I don't care what other people are eating. But um, it happens with it happened with my wife. She's like, "You're judging all my, all of our our all of our guys." And the reason is is one of our our good buddies. Um, she was like, "I was like, yeah, if he lost, I just said this. I was like, if he lost twenty pounds, he would be ripped." And she's like, "Why are you judging him?" I'm like, "I'm not judging. I'm stating an actual fact. Stating yeah. Right? Like when if people get lost, offended by facts, yeah, facts yeah. don't care about feelings. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like that's my one. Th- I, I yeah, never mind. We, oh. That's another thing. Oh yeah, trust me. It's just funny. Yeah. It's just, oh, but we can tackle PC, that another time. PC, but PC, right? Too much yeah. PC in the world. But but yeah, I love I love that, and it makes I never thought of it that way. Of like, because I'll be honest, I look up. There's three people right now that I am literally, as you said it, I I never even thought of it that way. Is they're my gods? Is Tom B. Lou uh, from Impact? Dude, Theory. that guy is freaking. I love. He might be one of mine too. Fucking love him. Like Impact Theory, he's he's uh, built a billion dollar company and he's trying to change the world. I love mm-hmm. it. Ed Milet, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Ed Milet. Check him out. He's 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 a, another super wealthy guy, super good hearted dude, but he's ripped. And then yes, I know um, that guy. I yeah, know that guy. just yeah, yeah. beastly, beastly of a man. Monster. And yeah, and you're just guy. you're just like how the fuck. And then. Um, those two guys, and then Lou, I, I do enjoy Lewis Howes. Uh, Lewis Howes. I don't know if you guys ever yeah, watched. Yeah, that guy. Like, I love. I love that greatness. guy too. Yeah. So, so on my list is to eventually meet those motherfuckers. But the um, the idea behind it is um, that right now I'm looking up to him and saying, "All right, how do I get myself to that?" And so I I watch their podcast, I listen to their their books, and I get around it because I'm people out there probably sometimes are like, "Well, Matt, how the you're talking about getting around more better people." I don't know. I can't go hang out with Tom Bilu, right? He's not in my social network. The best way you can do it, there's content. Go watch their content and put yourself in their exactly. shoes and go. That's what Alan Gannon was talking about with his yep. book that the best content, the be- the people that put out the best content, they're, they're the people that absorb the most content. They yeah. see what works. They understand. Well, it's it's the also world, like right? everybody like wants a mentor. They'll reach out to Tom or they'll reach out to ET the hip hop preacher or they'll reach out to yeah. them. I mean fill in the blank with who the, you'll probably get people doing it too like hey will you mentor me will you will you do this for me and it's like look dude I put out like a million pieces of content literally everything that I would yeah. teach you is right there and so you can you can be mentored by the Toms or the the Lewis Howes or like you just gotta dig in yeah. oh yeah oh yeah and I do like Eric Thomas <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's it's funny. I was I was at one of his uh, things in Events. Scottsdale. I don't know, like two or three years ago, and it's funny. I have I have a two separate views of people that want to be speakers. One is people like you, and by the way, I I would I would let you survive as a baby. 
Like, <laughs> thank you. Know. you. Yeah, I appreciate it, Greg. Uh, I appreciate. It. Yeah, I know. We We're wouldn't even... throw you off of the mountain. We wouldn't no. throw you off the mountain. Uh, but so Spartan, Spartan style. Yeah. Oh yeah, Leonidas, the whole nine. The. So there, there's people in your in your category and the and the ETs and the the Lewis Howes and like all those people, uh, but at this event the other side, this guy like it was like Q and A time where you could ask ET and and I forget what his his like right hand man's name is CJ 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 yeah uh, they were like taking questions and everything like that and this guy hops up on stage grabs a mic and starts like almost doing a motivational speech in the middle of this thing. And CJ comes up, takes the mic and is like, calm down, bro. And I was like, ah, I love it. Like, but there's, there's these people, they think they want to do this thing. Uh, but really they just want the hype. They want the attention more than, than anything else. And I, I saw this quote yesterday. Uh, it was either you're interested in building a following or you're interested in, uh, building individuals. One is all about me. The other is all about others. And it's, it's very, it's a, it's a very different mindset of who's going to be successful. And I think it's the people that are interested in, I mean, you can build up individuals at scale, but it's a, it's the mindset difference between having followers and building up individuals. So, yeah. And, and to jump into that, Greg, really quick, it's funny. So I went through exactly what you're talking about, where when I, um, decided to jump into coaching, I actually got lost for about seven weeks where – so I closed a large deal and I got jacked about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to make all this money. And then it became all about me. Like right now I'm doing a huge – for anybody who does listen to this, be aware my website's about to change. I just bought a whole new uh, website location. If you go on there right now, it's all about me. It's like I did this. I'm the greatest. I accomplished X. And you should hire me because I'm so good. And um, I was walking around for about seven weeks networking at all these networking events. And I'm like, yeah, I'm this I'm the business coach. And I'm going to – I do this and I'm in a V-neck and it's not my brand. <laughs> and um, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not going to give you 60 grand to coach me for a year. If, you know, you, you look like a – you look like you're like going to the gym. And, right. um, and, then I'm like, and then I'm like, wait, I made everything about myself. Mm-hmm. And about how great I am and why, so I could, and it was so I could feel good. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, why did I think that way? That's why I actually, when you saw that on there, it's, it's, it doesn't say CEO. It's like, I'm a health or I'm a uh, high performance men's coach and mm-hmm. facilitator. And yes, it is my business. I'm, I own it. I'm starting, I started it. But at the end of the day, it's not about me anymore. I'm a, I'm going to facilitate a, a group and yeah, I'll teach them cool shit. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I realized that that wasn't what I needed to be. It was weird, and it's—I think we all go through that at some point where we want to—we want to feel status and we want to feel important. Yeah. And we want—and um, it's one of the key components that a lot of people are missing in their life is they don't feel as important as they want to, and we try to seek it by, by you know, by trying to like tell everybody how great you are. In reality, if you have to tell everyone—I learned this a long time ago, but I, it, it always—I flip sometimes is if you have to tell everyone how freaking great you are, then you're probably not that great. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, and you should, you know, people should know that just by either, like you guys said, you talked to Rena and, you know, you, you talked to Sean. And again, it, there wasn't when I, um, it was funny cause Rena is a badass, and, um, I just hooked her up on another podcast and uh, I got her to set up on one and she, uh, I'm doing that uh, LinkedIn thing this time. I'm actually driving out to do a LinkedIn um, uh, panel 
And she's the reason I'm actually doing that. So yeah, it's it's funny how it all trickles in of just being yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah just be, be yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And people will people will actually like you versus I was trying to be this big bad businessman, and it's like who, right. no one gives it. No one fucking cares. <laughs> yeah, no, one. no, that's it. Comes back to the gods and counter gods. If you try to make yourself a god, I mean, look at all the people that that worked out for in history. It it didn't. Like blows they, up. Yeah, it blows up because you don't have the substance to like to actually be a god, you know. Yeah. So uh, true. That's so good. I'm gonna. You gotta send me if you have any books or freaking podcasts. I wanna. I wanna dive into this now because it's. Uh, it sounds so freaking awesome about it, the psychology. I'll have to. I'll have to see. I. This is just like, me. So me and my CEO, geek out about this stuff real hard. Um, and so just we call talk- me, call me up randomly offline, man. I'll talk to you for a fucking hour. That would be so yeah, fun. Dude. But yeah, so I mean, this was this was a great a great episode. Awesome. I mean, we dug into a bunch of different stuff from. We did. Uh, I mean, the history of who Matt Balducci is from uh, Fat Matt to uh, whoever you are now. I mean, just the the Balducci. Uh, I mean, the great Balducci, the like great a magician. Balducci, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what is Job Job from uh, oh, Arrested from, Development? Yes, Arrested Development. Yes. Greatest, one of the greatest characters ever written in any the show. Best. It was that whole show was awesome. That um, that whole show. I think I watched it two times the whole That's entire amazing. season, but it's so amazing. good. Joe, oh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this was this was good. I appreciate your time. I know that you've got to go. You've got to you've got some muscles to build. Um, you've got a competition Sir? coming up. When's that competition? October 27th in DC. So it's uh, 90, 92 days from today, which is uh, crazy and exciting. Is that the Eagles so, thing? Or no, that's in Vegas, right? I, I don't know. It's a, it's honestly it's a it's a um, it is an amateur one. So it's nothing. Uh, I'm I'm going to do it. Take some photos, and then um, if I like it, I'll keep doing it. If I don't, then I'm I'm thinking I'm going to uh, go and become a marathon runner. So one of the back two. to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, man! Identity, identity has. It, it, we could talk in a year, and it's like, fuck, he's bad. Look at it. Look at the double chin again. Right. It's like at the uh, end of dodgeball. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh my god! He's eating the damn uh, turkey. He's got the uh, all yeah, the yeah. nasty food. But um, no, I appreciate you guys, and um, you know, in terms of having me on the uh, having me having me on the show, and again, for anybody who's listening, um, just know that some some things are coming out of the pipe. I'm launching a, a group a group uh, men's group um, starting on. Uh, September 1st. I'm looking for 12 men. So um, if anyone out there is interested, you can go to my website, uh, which will be adjusted, or you can private message me on any social media at Matt Belducci if that's okay for you. Yeah. Uh, not that. But um, nice. besides besides that, um, I you know keep in. T- I want to keep in touch with you two crazy animals. So. Oh, yeah. No, we'll have to we'll have to do this again. Maybe like after the the competition. The yeah. 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 We'll talk about that and just like. Oh man, I'm I'm excited. If we can continue this idea and until like we figure out something with the gods and contra gods, that would be cool. And you can you can ask, like let's ask some deep questions and maybe hug it out later, guys.